This is How to Business and Show Business, where we talk about the business of show, the podcast that discusses ways to work smarter, not harder. If you're a performer at the beginning of your career or a student interested in going into the performing arts, this is the podcast for you. For more about the podcast, you can find our website at businessandshowbusiness.com. There you can learn more about the business of performing arts with coursework, videos with shop talk, and interviews with other professional performers. Now here's your host, Corbett. And we're back with part two of our conversation on The Voice with Chris Dilly. As always, if you have not read, read, who am I? Corbin, Corbin, if you've not listened to part one of this conversation, go back and listen to that first and then come back and listen to part two so you can have continuity so you understand what it is that we're talking about. In part two of this episode, we're going to really start to dive into his syllabus and we're going to go through and talk about each exercise and the value of the importance of each and why. What I really like about Chris is that he explains the importance of why, not just because, just because. No, we're getting down to the root of the conversation of how this is going to be of substance to you as you're honing and refining your teak. And again, as I've said it many times before, understanding the business of show business, part of that is understanding your t- understanding your craft, refining that skill set to make sure that you're as proficient as can be. So as we continue on with that, towards the end of this episode, you're going to get a little bit, a little bit of a something, something of uh, one of my sessions with him. So I hope you enjoy. Before we continue on with your syllabus and the thought just occurred to me, um, uh, the thought just occurred to me, I know we're talking about more so from the singer's perspective, but is it also fair to say that even for actors who maybe aren't singers, like this is still something that they could put in their practice, right? For sure. Because I know you brought up, you had asked me if I had done Alexander and I said I did Link Letter. Link, Link Letter? How do, how do you say your name? Link, actually that's a good question. Link, link Ladder, Link Letter, I've heard both. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back. But yeah. this is still something that even an actor can, okay. For sure. I mean, the voice is a tool of the actor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what I love when I'm working with uh, students in my own studio who are also studying mm-hmm. the different disciplines, and then uh, I also teach as an adjunct at NYU, mm-hmm. so those students are in a full, uh, undergrads in a full musical theater program. They're studying all of those disciplines for musical theater. They'll say to me, oh, my acting teacher said it and said it this way mm-hmm. and we're both saying the same thing yeah. but we have our different ways of saying it i love that yeah it's really exciting and, and they i love seeing their excitement too it's like ooh, what you're talking about makes sense of what we were studying in our acting class ah and, I'll, and i can say to them yeah man bring all that together so it all kind of comes from that place and you'll be able to tap into it as a singing actor mm-hmm. Is this the aspect of teaching that you like, seeing that it's that it resonates with your students and that they take that and because like you you all can't see him, but like when you're talking about this, I see how excited you get. Like, does that bring you fulfillment? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like Christmas morning. Yeah. I love it. I love when there's I because what I see in them is that excitement. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes um, there are sessions where we explore something, but the aha doesn't come yet, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's something we can't sort of prescribe on a, on a weekly basis, but it's like a garden, mm. you know? We're tending this garden, uh, especially in the beginning, we're you know, planting the seeds, we're watering the garden, and then we may stand there and be like, 
I planted the seed and I watered the garden. Where's my flower, damn it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. we get impatient for the flower. Yeah. But, you know, uh, uh, when we're working on a garden, the flower comes when it comes, and it's as a result of all of that time we spent tending the garden. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think also, sort of on a personal level, as a young, as a kid, as a, especially as a teenager, I was so afraid of my voice. You know, and just to provide a space for people, a safe place, supportive place for people to be vulnerable about their love of singing. Mm -hmm. And then that vulnerability allows for that exploration and for that growth to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, that has a lot of meaning to me as well, because I don't want anyone to ever feel, especially if a piece of what they're supposed to be sharing in this world is their voice, mm -hmm. to ever feel afraid of their voice because of the judgment from people around them. Mm -hmm. Um back to your syllabus now uh, we talked about the tongue what's next in 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 your structure of the breakdown so the tongue's kind of in the in the somewhere in the center of that vocal piece so mm -hmm. if you picture uh we got the stretches mm -hmm. we've got the breathing mm -hmm. and then we have the warming up of the voice mm -hmm. right and my idea in warming up of the voice uh is we're not thinking yet about style we're not thinking yet about the role mm -hmm. or any of the particulars for the song. That's like step 10. Yeah. What we're looking to do is free up, open up and connect this vocal instrument as an instrument, mm -hmm. right? So it's not about any gig. It's not about anything else except let me find this full connection to my instrument. So I'm starting with lip trills, and I'm starting uh, uh, not connecting with any pitch yet. Mm -hmm. It's just let me feel the free supported movement of this voice on the lip trill. Then we start building down into that lower chest range. Then we build up through that passaggio. Passaggio is one of my favorite words because uh, listeners out there, <laughs> put your hand on your chest yeah. and give yourself a little hum in that lower range. Hmm. What you may feel is a vibration against your hand. The chest is a piece of, the chest is a resonator for that lower range. We call that the chest voice. Mm -hmm. Then if we hum in more, in more of the, in, in male identified voices, we may call this the falsetto. In female identified voices, we would call this the head voice. You won't feel that vibration anymore in the chest. You'll feel it more in your head. We call that the head voice. Mm -hmm. In between the two is a transition between those two that some folks will call the break, mm. right? And uh, that's a common term. And it can be a place in the voice where people feel a little nervous, scared, even embarrassed. Mm. Like, it's gonna have that little hiccup, right? I prefer uh, the Italian term, passaggio, <laughs> which is Italian for passage. Yeah. Because the voice isn't broken. Mm -hmm. We call it the break, it feels like, oh, my voice is broken, something's wrong. It's not broken. It's a passage between res, uh, resonators, resonating spaces. So we think of it as a passaggio. If you just give yourself a siren from that chest voice up through that head voice through that passaggio, you may feel that transition, but I think you'll start to feel that it smooths out a little bit more because you feel it as a passage. Mm -hmm. And can we actually, because I remember we did this in our, in our session, um, and you had pointed this out to me, do it ugly, don't do it pretty. Can you, why, why is there, I, I, 
maybe you can't answer this, maybe you can't. Why is there such a need even when we're in the, the beginning phases of the lesson, right? That 99% before the 1% to have to be pretty even though it's a practice. Right. Go ahead. We want everything to sound gorgeous and pretty because we don't want Simon Cowell to yell at us on national television. <laughs> you know, we have this binary thinking around singing that someone can sing or they can't. Mm. That someone's a good singer or a bad singer, right? Obviously, it's not that simple, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I would even go so far to say is, I don't know a bad singer. I don't know, I have yet to meet a singer who cannot become stronger at singing if it's what they want, mm. you know? Now, there are some voices that have tones that we enjoy, but I don't know that you'll ever find a singer that you can't find someone who will say, oh, that's not my cup of tea, mm. right? It's all an opinion. Yeah. It's all what we connect with, you know? Um, so when we come to warming up our instrument with an attachment to it being pretty, we're going to try to manipulate the voice to achieve that. Mm. And that manipulation is tension, mm. you know? What we're looking to do is free up the voice and the sound will follow the feeling, which is a big phrase of mine, that our job as singers is not to listen, particularly to ourselves. Now, do we need, do we want to hear the piano accompaniment? Yes, we want to, we want to hear that, of course. We want to connect with that. Although it's not just hearing, we're feeling it. I have a student who um, has done virtual and in-person with me, mm. um, longtime student, and she says, one of the things I prefer about being in the room with you is I can feel the piano on my feet. Mm. You know, it's not just listening, it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. And um, our job is to connect with the feeling of connection in our instrument. The sound will result from that. And I can see in a student if a percentage, if we think about we have 100% of our energy, right? If 30% of us is trying to get outside of ourselves and listen, mm. only 70% of us is doing the singing. You know? Yeah. And you can see that that's not gonna set us up for that full connection to the instrument. So that's a piece of the practice is working with somebody who can be the witness for the voice, mm -hmm. you know? And allow you, as the student, as the singer, to just do the singing, you know? Um, I am privileged to sing with Broadway Inspirational Voices, which is, go check them out, amazing. It's, it's a gospel choir in the Broadway community. Um, and I'm in the center of 60 voices, mm. of the, some of the most powerful, amazing voices I've ever heard. And there's no way I'm gonna hear myself. Yeah. I am one, I'm a voice as a part of this ensemble. And that has been a really, exciting exercise in what am I feeling to know that I am doing what I want to be doing as a singer. So, did that answer your question? Yes, oh, you did, in detail, by the way. Um, uh, so we just worked on our passaggio, right? The yeah. passes of the voice. What is next in, in the structure of the breakdown? So the first thing uh, I like to do is that lip trill, mm. just to get the voice moving without even matching pitch yet. Because once we get to matching pitch, the nervous system gets a little nervous. Am I on pitch? Am I flat? Am I sharp? 
is Simon Cowell going to yell at me on national television? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next step is just some humming and some opening to awe without even going to lyrics, even going to any other vowels. Because it's that pure next step to purely connect the full instrument in the way that we want Mm -hmm. on some hums and some ahs and some lip trills. Then my next step is to look at vowels, Mm. E-E-A-O-U, and look to feel those connect like the ah does. Mm. It's not completely different when we go to different vowels. When we have the lyric me, I think about alphaba, it's me, right? So easy, it's me, to feel that so widely spread and so disconnected from that connection we've been finding, right? Mm. So we want to feel that E with that sense of space, that lift of the soft palate, that space between the molars, as I like to say, so that the E feels like it has the benefit of the resonance that the ah does. Mm. Then, in a nutshell, when we start to look at a lyric of a song, there's a couple more exercises, by the way, Mm. but when we do those vowels, we're gonna start looking at plugging in those vowels directly into the lyric, so that then Mm -hmm. the song starts to feel like the next warm-up. Because when we go to a song, from our warm-ups, when we go to the song, the nervous system seizes up again and goes, well, those warm-ups were interesting and a fun little exercise, but now this is serious business, we have a song. And so the next step is to allow, uh, and this is a piece of the work in, this, in, the, in the voice sessions, what does it feel like to release and to let go of the expectation of the song and release through the lyric like we're finding the release through the exercises? Mm. It's so fun. It is, no, I see. I, I love it. I, you guys aren't here to see it, but like watching him talk about this because even in our lesson, you're like, oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. Um, wow. That's great. Which I will say this because I know you said there's a couple more things in the in your breakdown, and we will. Because I had asked you about recording some of our sessions or a session so they can hear that, because I think that'll definitely resonate more for them to see it or hear it mm-hmm. instead of just listening to me rant on and on. Um, but let me ask you this: yeah. as we wrap up with our closing, um, and. This is technically at the beginning, but I'll stitch this in somewhere. Uh, what lesson was gifted to you about um, the business of show when it comes to the voice? And I think you already talked about it, the, the different lessons you got from some of your instructors over the years as time went on. What lesson was gifted to you in the beginning that you did not know about the voice? I would say a big one, as far as the technical aspect, mm-hmm. a big one uh, was one that I mentioned a little while ago that we need to warm up the breath before we warm up the voice. Mm. That, when I say it literally changed how I sang, I'm not exaggerating. Mm. And I really found it when I you know, had to show up every day and sing. I think um, there can be, I don't wanna say this. When, when, when students come to work with me, they can feel given sort of the experiences they've had so far, that they have to twist themselves into something else to book a role. Mm-hmm. Almost like they have to leave themselves outside and be somebody else to book a role. Um, and what I have learned, and I learned this lesson over and over again because I see it in interviews and I hear it in teaching and I, and I know it comes to me when I'm teaching, is come from you. Nobody else is you. Mm. And... So I like to look at it as as a Venn diagram. There's a circle 
And if y'all don't know what a Venn diagram is, just take a moment, go to Google. You'll see what it looks like. It's two circles, at least two, but I'm thinking of two circles in particular that intersect, right? And that first circle is you. Mm-hmm. Who are you when no one's telling you what to do? Mm. Who are you when you want to feel the you-ness of you? Because in that, we are at our most powerful when we are centered in ourselves. So then when we're looking for a role or an opportunity to perform, what we're really looking at is how can I, in my fullness, be of service Mm -hmm. to this production? Because that's what the casting person is looking for. They have a problem. They need somebody to fill that role, right? They need somebody to offer their services. So when we're looking for what role do I want or what role is going to work for me or whatever, what we want to look at is where do those two circles intersect? So we're not leaving ourselves. We're looking to bring ourselves to the role. And I think, you know, and again, I'm not teaching professional acting at this juncture, but, um, you know, I, a lot of the acting work is how do I relate? How do I relate to this character? And then how do I not, but how do I relate? How do I bring myself to this character? Yeah. You know? Um, with younger, and I know I've, I have had my time, especially when I was younger, feeling this too, that I had to somehow desert myself to jump into a role, you know? And I think there's a, and I know when I have felt that way, um, there was a painfulness to that, uh, growing up gay Mm -hmm. because I spent 19 years feeling like I had to leave myself to fit what what I felt society was expecting of me and to not get teased at school, you know? And now I know, and it's really sort of like a beautiful full circle moment, it's like the stuff I get to do that I love so much, the performing, the teaching, the arranging, is because I'm so connected to myself and continue, or, or when I'm doing it, I'm connected to myself, mm-hmm. you know? And when I'm most powerful in it is when I am most connected. And, that, and I feel like that's a piece of the daily practice is to get connected. If I'm not feeling connected, let me get myself connected to myself and my instrument. Hmm. Well so said. our sessions yeah. are about filling that circle. Yeah. Then we see what that, how that circle can intersect. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to someone who, in the, in the nature of what this podcast is talking about, the business of show, and I know we talked about it a little bit earlier prior to starting, is... Um, it's your responsibility as the talent to prioritize your gift. And if you are not a singer first, that's okay. What is something, something simple that someone can do to start prioritizing their voice? Because the common thing is, I don't have money right now. Or yeah. um, I'm not much of a singer. Um, what, how would you advise on that? There's a couple of things that you said that I know is out there in the conversation about performing. Mm -hmm. Not a singer first, I'd be careful of that. Mm. Because we're putting a label on something that we feel, there's there's a spirit of I can't do that. Mm. Now it doesn't mean that if there's a musical theater production that's asking for dancing, singing, and acting, that you might not feel, that you might not feel like, well, my dancing is my nice to meet you. You know, which is sort of when we're looking for a song, for a 16 bar song, what's the nice to meet you? You know, but the not a singer first, I, 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 I would move away from that and say like, 
let me sh- let me share my dancing and then let me share my singing. Mm-hmm. If you decide that's how you want to introduce yourself to somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Because what's the definition of a singer? A singer, like let's look at the grammar of it. Mm-hmm. A singer is someone who sings. Mm-hmm. Are you singing? Then you're a singer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you dancing? Then you're a dancer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. What can somebody do? Um. Sing. Is there um, a tool and or a resource or maybe as cheesy as it might be, someone on YouTube who you would recommend? Just like if you want to go through basic vowels or lip trills or if you want to go, as you said, like the breath, how would you then advise on that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I have someone that's like a go-to on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I, think, I think when it comes to studying with anyone um give it a try and see how it feels does it feel like it's helping does it feel like it feels the thing i love about singing is if it feels good we're on the right track Mm -hmm. right singing does not benefit from putting ourselves through struggle and pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean no i hear you the task is how can this feel easier and better Mm -hmm. and so when i'm thinking about that lip trill we want that to feel like a massage Mm. Isn't that fabulous? Mm-hmm. Like, don't we want to have a massage? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Instead of, uh, I'd say nothing! Oh my God, that feels terrible. I want to become an accountant now. I can't say. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that, I would say, um, yes, we've got this world of YouTube now. Explore, you know, do a little search. What do, what do, what do you want to gain some insight on and give it a try. Try it on yeah. and see how it feels. Yeah. Um, of course, I've got my friend Natalie Weiss, who has the really fun Breaking Down the Riffs um, uh, YouTube channel, which is fun if you want some exercise and letting your voice move a little more freely through riffs. Mm-hmm. She's she's um, somebody that comes to mind. There you go. Um, yeah, but just but you know, let yourself give it give it fifteen minutes of love, mm-hmm. ten minutes of love, and then let it let it build from there as you learn what you want to be continuing to do to expand your love of and your doing of the same. Mm. Okay. Cool down questions now. Ready? Yes. If I had a magic wand that could grant you anything, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, grant me anything. Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to me is peace. Yeah. And I and I mean that in all of the ways mm-hmm. that it can be meant. That's that's just the word that came to me. Um, professional and private, what does the future look like for you going forward? Um well, it's an interesting time to ask that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's funny, the quarantine time was challenging. As, as I think it was for many, if not most of us, if not all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, there was sort of a clear directive mm-hmm. of slow down, be home. Like, like the, the, the direction from the universe felt clear. Yeah. I think now is a little bit, I'm finding this time as we're re-emerging to be more of an exploration. Mm-hmm. Now that we're able to be back out in the world, how do we want to be back out in the world? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, 
So in a way, I'm sort of retrying life on and seeing what still fits. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm happy to report that teaching still delights me. Yeah. Uh, singing still delights me. Mm-hmm. Creating vocal arrangements still excites me and, and makes me happy. Um, and I think it's I think I think one thing I know that I am starting to feel even more is um, being being willing being able and willing to say no to things that I don't want to say yes to. There you go. Yeah. Second to last question: um, Is there anything you want to plug? Now, keep in mind this will probably be the second to last episode because I've had to rearrange some people, but. I know there's your studio. I know you talked about uh, Broadway inspirational voices. Is there anything else you want to plug? Um, I guess I would just say uh, there's my website, mm-hmm. www.chrisdilley.com, C-H-R-I-S-D-I-L-L-E-Y.com. Um, and whenever this gets released and, and uh, uh, people get to listen to it, you can go there to kind of see what's, mm-hmm. what's ha- currently happening mm-hmm. um, with me. And, uh, yeah, I would t- check out Broadway Inspirational Voices. It's so, I'm just so lucky to be a part of, of getting to sing and be of service with them. Um, and then check out all of the fabulous podcasts on Corbin's podcast channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go sing. Mm-hmm. Go sing. Floor. Mm-hmm. Right? Almost like there's a floor. Almost like we're still on the floor. Mm-hmm. We're not reaching forward. We're allowing ourselves to release into the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, same feeling here. Good. Now, the tendencies we make sound is for the head to come forward like this. Mm-hmm. So give yourself just a little lift. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're picturing we're still on the floor, right? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That voice dropped in really nicely. Did you feel that? Mm-hmm. And, which, and did you feel that it was more of a release up and through? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That that first little shift. Uh, uh, how would you characterize how you shifted that? Um, actually, it's interesting when you say that about, I only notice it when you call it out. Other than that, I don't really sometimes notice that I'm doing it. Now, yeah. I do realize like when I'm doing these on my own, I do take stock of, I do take stock of, it's not necessarily that I'm feeling it, but I notice that like, oh, I'm doing some neck action. Let me bring it back. And then I notice it then. I don't know. It's not, it's not anything largely noticeable. It's either I'm doing it or I'm not. But when I am, aware of it everything is more is more it's tucked and engaged yeah right well and we might not notice it while it's still kind of a habit Mm -hmm. and just sort of how we always have done it yeah right it'll just be this is how i always do it Mm -hmm. right now so what i think might be as you're continuing to sort of become aware of oh this isn't serving me like this will yeah you know it might be uh useful to just take a look in the mirror yeah and see and you'll also start to feel did you feel how available the voice was yes yeah, yes. and so in this phase, another thing to continue to connect with is, am I feeling like it's available? Mm-hmm. Or does it feel like a struggle? Does it feel hard? Mm-hmm. You know, that's good. That shift is really good. All right, same 
feeling of release up and through as we start to match pitch. We're not hitting the pitch, we're not holding the note. We're moving through the pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. those old habits are going to come back, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, or they're likely to come back. Mm -hmm. So give yourself one of these, you know, that threading that we do? Yeah. That's going to help this feeling of it's moving up and through. Good. Now give me that nice release. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on next week's episode of How to Business in Show Business.